Amen, amen. From the book of Leviticus. From the book of Leviticus. Chapter 10. Leviticus chapter 10, we begin our reading with verse 1. <clears throat> and these are the words that we find. And Nadab and Abihu, sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer. And put fire therein, put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Amen. I want to talk for a few minutes from this subject. I want to talk about strange fire. <clears throat> strange fire. Fire, it was just strange. Fire. Leviticus, my brothers and my sisters, is one of those what I call dusty books in the Bible. It's, it's one of those books that we don't travel to very often. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we got that. Somehow Levit Leviticus sort of gets kicked by the wayside. Some of y'all still ain't found it. Because <laughs> it ain't one of those books that we we look at, we look at all the time. It's a book that's not visited very much, and it's a book that we don't pay a lot of attention to. <clears throat> the title, Leviticus, the word, is a word that means pertaining to, pertaining to the tribe of Levi. That's why it's called Leviticus, because it pertains to that one tribe, and that tribe is the tribe of Levi. Levi, my brothers and my sisters, is the priestly tribe. It is that tribe of preachers, the tribe of those who handled the things of the tabernacle. <clears throat> Let me give you just a little history, a little history. Levi was one of the sons of Israel one of the sons of Jacob. And this tribe, this tribe is named after that son. You go back and look at it. When the children of Israel sin in the wilderness by worshiping a golden calf, you remember the story. Moses came down from the mountain with the commandments 
and he saw what was going on. And at that time, Moses raised a question. He stood there in the gate of the camp and said, who is on the Lord's side? Are y'all hearing me? All of this going on out here, worshiping idol gods. He stood there and said, who is on the Lord's side? And out of all of those folk, the only tribe, the only tribe that stood with Moses was the tribe of Levi. Are y'all hearing me? And because of that, because of their faithfulness that day, they were appointed to be the priestly tribe. They were appointed to be the ministers of religion. <clears throat> now follow me now. The book of Exodus ends with the building of the tabernacle. And Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, is really a guidebook or a rule book that tells the proper use of the tabernacle. Are y'all hearing me? The end of Exodus, they are build the tabernacle, and now you need a guidebook to know how to, how to work or what you need to do in the tabernacle. So the book of Levi is an instruction book as to how things ought to be carried out in the tabernacle. And what was going on in the tabernacle, uh, it was really an instruction book for the priest an instruction book for the tribe of Levi. Y'all hearing me? This, this Leviticus is a, 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 an instruction book for priests. But although it was written as an instruction book for priests, there's a lot for you and me to learn here today because in our church, in our faith, we believe in the priesthood of all believers. Are y'all hearing me? That sounds like something big. All that means is uh, that I don't have to wait on anybody to go to God for me. Are y'all hearing me? We believe in the priesthood of all believers. That means uh, that I can go to God for myself. So since I believe in the priesthood of all believers, then I need to read the book of Leviticus because it tells me what I need to do. Before I go into, are y'all hearing me? Tells me how and how my attitude ought to be before I go into the presence of God. In other words, my brothers and sisters, the tragedy of this story, the tragedy of this story is that even with this book of instructions, even, the, the, even though they had a book telling them what to do and what not to do, these two sons of Abram, Nadab and Abihu, yeah, although they had an instruction book, they got it wrong. And not only did they get it wrong, it cost them their lives. As we look at it, look a little closer, find that in the Old Testament, sacrifice was a critical part of worship. Are y'all hearing me? And God gave strict instructions as to how sacrifices were to be offered to God. Sometimes when you read and read Exodus 30 and 7, there are specific ways uh, that you go before God with your sacrifice. Now, according to Leviticus 8.36, if you read it, 
these brothers had been doing this and evidently they got it right at least one time. But by the time we get to chapter 10, these same two fellas carry out the same function. But this time, both of them died at the altar. Y'all hear me? Doing something that they had done before. But this time, they messed up. And because they messed up, they died right there at the altar. I got to admit, I got to admit that there there are some unknowns here. There are some unknowns here in this text. There are some stuff that we really don't know because the text really does not tell us what they did wrong exactly. It's not specific on what they messed up. And I I can't talk to anybody else about any, but I I sort of want to know what they did. Don't you sort of want to know what it was that they messed up that was so bad that they ended up dead? You ought to want to. Are y'all hearing me? You ought to want to know because it cost them their life. Don't you want to know? Are y'all hearing me? After all, you come here this morning to worship. Y'all hear me? You came here this morning to worship. And before I get too far in this thing, uh, I want to know what they messed up on. It caused them to die right there. Are y'all hearing me? Right there at the altar. Somebody ought to want to know what they did. (laughs) See, uh, Ananias and Sapphira over there in Acts, we know what they did. They, 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 they tried to play like they were giving something that they wasn't giving, and both of them died right there at the altar. So, well, I wish I could say that y'all stopped doing that, but that's, <laughs> thank God for grace. But, but we, we know what happened to them. We don't know. We don't know what happened to these fellows. We know what, the, yeah, Ananias and Sapphira did, but, but the bottom line here is that what we do know is that they offered up strange fire before the Lord. And and, and when they did, fire came down and destroyed them. And they did die, and they died right there on the spot. So this morning, without getting too deep, without getting too deep into some debate, some theological debate, without getting too deep about what happened and trying to figure it out, let's just go with what we know. Let's just go with what we know. And and if we never figure out what they did wrong, the lesson that we can clearly learn is that God is serious about our worship. Let's just go with what we know. The thing that we do know here is that worship is serious business. Are y'all hearing me? Oh, my brothers and my sisters, uh, worship is serious to God. How we come before God is serious to him. Learn that it matters. No matter what you believe, it matters how the people of God come into the presence of God. I'm trying to help somebody up in here. I say it matters how we show up in here. Yeah, call ourselves worshiping God like we're doing God a favor. 
Are y'all hearing me? Worship is important to God. We must be mindful of what we offer to God, even our worship. We must be mindful of what we offer to God and how we offer it to God. Let, let me note now that what they offered up was fire. It was just strange. Are y'all hearing me? It, it looked like what everybody else was doing. Are y'all hearing me? But, but, but what they offered up was strange fire. My brothers and my sisters, I believe that, that this text it's tailored to teach us that worship is too important in the life of the church to be done just any kind of way. Are y'all hearing me? Now get me, don't, don't please don't get me messed up here. I ain't talking about the order of worship. I ain't talking about the style of worship. I'm talking about your personal approach to worship. Are y'all hearing me? I, I'm talking about, yeah, that thing. See, all of us are sitting up in here together, but the truth of the matter is uh, everything that ought to be going on right now ought to be between you and God. See, the door is opening for you and God, to, uh, you, you, for you to worship him all. But, and I'm always at all about that, how all of us can be up in here together, all of us can hear the same song, the same prayers, but when it comes to our worship, that's between me and God. Are y'all hearing me? You can sit right in the middle of 10,000 cold folk and worship God all by your, I wonder if I got a witness up in here. I know, I know. There are those who believe that the true effectiveness of, of the church is what it does after we leave these walls. And, and brothers and sisters, I, I tell you, that is true. Yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. The effectiveness outside of here, what we're doing here ought to make some difference after we leave. That is the truth. But I got to remind you, that, that what we do when we are gathered together in this place, it is what we do in here that empowers us to do what it is that we do when we walk. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do what you do out there unless you do the right thing up in here. In other words, the effectiveness of the church yeah, gathered determines the effectiveness of the church scattered. I just said something right there. I say the, the, the effectiveness of the church gathered, yeah, tells us how effective the church will be when it's scattered. In other words, we can't get, we can't get worship right in here. We'll never get ministry right out there. I just said something. I said, if we can't get worship right in here, we'll never get ministry right out there. It is in the church gathered that empowers the church when it scatters. So, the text, <clears throat> brothers and sisters, teaches us that we ought not just show up here just any kind of way. Y'all hear me? It teaches us that, 
that, that, that you ought not just show up here any kind of way or, or, or with just any kind of attitude. You ought not show up to worship with just any kind of attitude. You call yourself going to offer worship to God. It says to me that before we run up in here calling ourselves worshiping, before we come in here thinking we're worshiping God, we need to make sure that we are coming with the right focus. Y'all hearing me? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We ought to make sure, yeah, when we come up in here worshiping, we ought to make sure we come in with the right attitude and the right motives. Lest we be like these two young men and offer up something strange. Offer up strange fire to God. You see, I'm still, I know this is going to surprise y'all, I'm still old school. I, I just surprised a bunch of y'all, I know. I, I'm still old school. I'm, I'm still old-fashioned enough to believe that it matters how you come into God's presence. I, I'm still old school enough to just believe that there are certain ways and Certain things that y'all not come up in here to worship God. Y'all hear me? That's a word that we used to hear a lot. That we don't hear a whole lot now. We don't hear it very much now. But that used to be a word that we used to use. That word is called reverence. Reverence, reverence, reverence. Some of y'all looking at me funny now. Reverence, reverence. Reverence means a feeling or an attitude of deep respect with a tinge of awe. That's reverence. And whenever we come into the presence of God, you ought to come into the presence of God with a feeling or an attitude of deep respect for God. Are y'all hearing me? That ought to be tinged with a sense of there ought to be something awesome about showing up in the presence of God. Are y'all hearing me? Oh, my brother say, every time you come into his presence, there ought to be something in you that begins to sing out, oh, Lord, my God. When I, in awesome wonder, are y'all hearing me? Yeah, yeah, how great. That's, that's a reverence. That's a reverence. God. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, there are a lot of things that the old church got wrong. A lot of things the old church didn't have proper understanding of. But I got to give them credit. They had reverence right. As misdirected as it was sometimes. They, they knew that there was something awesome about the God we serve. I'm going to lose some of y'all right here, but some of y'all remember. You remember when folk would almost stroke out if somebody laid something on the communion table? <laughs> I know, I know y'all, some of y'all. I lost some of y'all right there. You, you remember when folk, <laughs> it, was, it was almost a killing offense <laughs> for somebody to lay anything 
on the community. Are y'all hearing me? You, you remember, you remember the time when folk thought that you were going straight to hell if you stepped in the pulpit and you wasn't a preacher? <laughs> you remember that? You, yeah, you remember? As misguided as some of those things were, they did, it was a reverence to God. <laughs> Folk <laughs> wouldn't cuss you out in the church. <laughs> they, they even had enough reverence to tell you to stop and to step off the church property. And then they would proceed. <laughs> Y'all ain't hearing me. Ah, that sounds strange, but what they were doing, it was an attempt to reverence God. Yeah, it was sort of misguided. Somehow, they didn't read the writings of David in Psalm 139. Where shall I go? From thy spirit. Are y'all hearing me? If I can't cuss you out in here, I can't cuss you out out there. Y'all ain't hearing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where shall I go from thy spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? David says, if I ascend into the heavens, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there. Shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Are y'all hearing me? I'm trying to teach you something here. So my reverence for God ought not stop at the church property line. Y'all ain't hearing me. I say, I, I, I say my reverence for God then ought not stop at the church property line. Because wherever I am, he, are y'all hearing me? Oh, my brothers and my sisters, my point is that it matters how we approach God. David lays it out for us. David, David tries to help us out. Someone tell, he says, uh, you ought to serve the Lord with gladness. Listen to him. He says, when you come, you ought to come before his presence with singing uh, and you ought to come knowing that he is God. When you come up in here, you ought to come knowing that it's he that has made us and not we ourselves. David is trying to help us out when he tells us that we are his people. And the sheep of his pastor, listen what he says. When you come in here, you ought to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and in his courts with praise. He says when you come in here, you ought to be thankful unto him and bless. His name. Are y'all hearing me? And if you want to know why, it's because the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures. Oh, generations. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is that it matters how we come into God's presence. Yeah. And the other part of it is we're always 
in his presence. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? It matters how we come in God's presence. And we are always in his presence. You, you remember when parents would dress their children up in their church clothes? When before they walk out, they would look at them and tell them, you make sure you act as good as you look. Are you hearing me? Brothers and sisters, that's still good instruction. That's still good instruction for all of us because if you dress to honor him and then act in a way that dishonor him, y'all hear me? You don't know why it's hard to get folk to dress up to come to church because it ain't working for you. Are y'all hearing me? You want to know why it's hard to talk to young folk about you dressing up to go in the presence of God? Because you dressed up and still raising hell. Are y'all hearing me? Okay, say amen. Say ouch. See, I still believe that. It's good to come in his presence with your best, but don't just dress it on the outside, something on the inside. Somebody says, rough today. <laughs> rough, rough, rough. <sighs> Tight, but it's right. Well, my brothers and sisters, it's still good instruction, then. but we've got to learn how to honor him not only in our dress. How to honor him in the way we live. Otherwise, you might find yourself offering up strange fire. Getting ready to run into a little turbulence here. Everybody get in your seat and buckle your belt here. <clears throat> I believe that to get your praise on, without getting your tithe on is offering up strange yeah I said it yeah I said it I believe that, that, that to get your praise on without getting your tithe on is offering up strange you can't worship God and rob him at the same time. Are y'all hearing me? You, you getting ready to strip a gear here. You can't do, you can't do that. You're offering up strange fire. It's just like loving your wife but never spending any money on her. Just like telling her I love you and then Taking all your money to the woman down the street. Are y'all hearing me? I believe to come up in here talking about how much you love the Lord and then can't give to him. You're offering up strength. Uh, 
I'll move on. I'll move on. I'll move on. I'll move on. We got two services in one, so I got a little extra time here today. <laughs> I, I believe that to offer up worship before God while at the same time holding all in your heart against your brother and sister, I'll be down your row in a minute. I believe that to lift your hands in worship to God when you can't stand somebody sitting on your row. Are y'all hearing me? I believe that you are offering up strange fire. How can you love God whom you have never seen? Right out of the book. And hate your brother and sister who you see every day. You just offering up strange fire. See, I, 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 I don't believe you can be enthusiastic about serving God and at the same time unconcerned about serving people. Are y'all hearing this? I, I just, let's take it right out of the word of God. Jesus. Yeah, the, 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 according to the word of God, Matthew and, and Matthew, he says, yeah, yeah, this is what the Savior is going to say. Inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it. Are y'all hearing me? Unto me. You can't love God and cut my health care. I just said something. You, you can't love God and have no concern about people who are suffering. And if you're trying to do that, you're just offering up strange fire. Finally, brothers and sisters, I believe that to try to worship in spite of unconfessed sin is to offer up strange fire. Now, now, please hear me good. I'm not, I didn't say sin. I say unconfessed sin. And to me, that's, one, that's a dumb offense because God knows it already anyhow. Yeah, to me, it's sort of dumb and I ain't talking about getting up telling your business to other folk. I'm talking about confessing your sins to him. It's sort of dumb to me for anybody to offer up strange fire for not confessing to him who already knows it anyhow. I believe that unconfessed sins to try to worship without confessing your faults before him. Are y'all hearing me? I believe that's offering up strange fire. I ain't just talking. Look at 1 John 1 and 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just 
to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Are y'all hearing this? Am I making any sense? Used to be an old song they used to sing in the church. Don't sing it no more. My old fellows would get out and say, Lord, I would come to thee. A sinner of the foul. Oh, take the stain of guilt away and own me as thy child. Back, back to the text. And I'm almost through. Back to the text. Nadab and Abihu, they, they offered up strange fire to the Lord. And it resulted in immediate death. They died right there on the spot. What is death? Death is separation. Death is separation. And I need to let you know, in case you didn't already know, sin always separates us from God. And separation from God is always death. You remember, you remember when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, it brought about a separation. They didn't die on the spot, but it separated them from God. There was separation between them and God, and whether you realize it or not, your separation from God always results in death, even if it's not immediate. I know that. That's the problem some of us got. We think we're all right because we're feeling all right right now, but you don't realize if you're separated from God, you're a dying day. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Death is on your track. Keep offering up strange fire to the Lord. And, and, and you'll start losing your joy. Y'all hear me? Keep, keep offering up strange fire to the Lord and you'll start losing your joy. And, and after a while, you can't feel him no more. You can't feel his presence. After a while, keep on offering up strange fire. After a while, your peace is gone. Strange thing about us, when we get to that point where we can't feel him no more, and when we, we, we can't feel his presence no more, we always blame it on somebody else. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? Always the deacons wasn't singing right. The preacher wasn't half preaching. The choir wasn't right. Always somebody else. No, you have offered strange fire to the Lord, and, and, and now things are leaving you. You're dying daily. Wow. You come to the point where you, you, you're just going through the motions. Look at the clock. It's 11 o'clock. It's Sunday morning. Got to get up. Oh, y'all hear me? 745, Sunday morning. Got to get up. You're just going through the motions. You, you show up because you're supposed to show up. Are y'all hearing me? I'm trying to show you what slow death looks like. Yeah, when you just show up because it's 11 o'clock or 745, you stand up because the praise team leader told you to stand up. Are y'all hearing me? You clap your hand because everybody else is clapping. Are y'all hearing me? Dead. Walking. But I thank God. I thank God today that there is a remedy. Don't leave right now because I'm finna give you the remedy. I thank God that there is a remedy. I thank God that he loved me so much. 
He's never satisfied being separated from me. He's never satisfied being separated from his children. That's why he gave his son. Y'all ain't hear me? You want to know why Jesus came? That's why he gave his only begotten son to clear the way for me to get back to him. Somebody ought to shout. There is a way for me to get back to him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting. Are y'all hearing me? I'm trying to help you out. I'm through now. What can wash away my sins? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That blood that flowed down from Calvary's cross. Yes, he died on an old rugged cross. Yes, he died for the sins of the world, but thank God death didn't overcome him. Are y'all hearing me? He laid in the grave all night Friday, all night Saturday, but the good news is early Sunday morning. Are y'all hearing me? Uh, he got up with all power in his hand. So today we celebrate the blood. The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. Good news, it will never. <laughs> I say it will never, never lose. It will never lose its power. You have yet another opportunity before a new year comes in. His grace and his mercy has allowed you one more chance to get it right. And that chance is just a chance to say, Lord, I believe you. I accept you. As Lord, I accept the gift of your blood. I accept that. And if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's not difficult. It's just a matter of what you believe. If you believe that God loved you enough to give his son for you, you ought to be coming today. You, you need to turn. This, this is a, a chance for you to turn life around. If you're unsaved, you ought to come. If you're already saved, have strayed away from the church family, away from the body, what better time than right now? Somebody ought to be moving. Come now, come now. The blood that Jesus shed for me.